Thank you for tuning in for the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in maternal mental health as well as women. With the podcast, we'll be talking all things womanhood, motherhood, and a few things sprinkled in in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. All right, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. And I am so excited to have my next guest, Teal, here on the show. And she is, I'm going to do my best job trying to like describe this because you're kind of like a jack of all trades, but (laughs) (laughs) you work in branding, marketing, social media. Um, videography, like a little bit of all, but definitely helping um, companies and brands kind of increase their brand and helping them kind of um, be marketed in the best aesthetically pleasing way to engage more users and customers. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I love the way you broke it down. Um, I just say I'm a marketing strategist, but you got into you the go. nitty gritty, and I really love that. I really love that. Thank you. Yes. Um, and I saw, like, did you recently update your website? I did, and I need to make a couple more changes, but it I did good. recently update it. Um, that you know, I'm sure we'll get into this, but that's just part of the rebranding the rebirth everything that comes with you know becoming a mom and thinking about who you are what you're offering all of that so i actually also got certified to become a yoga instructor so i'm trying (laughs) to find a way to blend marketing and wellness um into my business model but also just into my life more holistically so Mm. the rebrand is in process in process nice (laughs) in in the midst of all of that you're also a mother to a daughter and the last time I saw you you were in my kitchen (laughs) when I was pregnant and you were like earlier on so now you know it's been we we were at the beginning of the pandemic because I remember we were like kikiing about it and we didn't realize it we were right before it hit like and the world shut down and then the world shut down and um and now we're here. So to go back a little bit, where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Ohio. It's like this small town in between um, Dayton and Columbus called Springfield. Mm. And I went to college up there in Ohio, a little bit more north um, at the University of Akron. So grew up, born and raised in Ohio, college in Ohio. And then right after college, I was like, I'm moving to California. I don't know anybody over there. I don't know anything about it, but I'm moving to California. I'm going to start my career. Um, So I ended up in Cali for almost four years, and then I moved to Atlanta. So this is going to be, I guess, year year three in Atlanta. It's kind of hard because, like, last year doesn't really count. Mm. I was pregnant most of the time, and then we were in lockdown, but this will be coming up on um, year three in Atlanta for me. Oh, wow. Okay. So growing up, you know, and I always ask everybody this question, um, some some girls, women um, kind of always see themselves as being a mom and like have baby dolls, and some don't. Like some of them have this vision of this is what I want to do for my career, or I just want to travel, or I want to have my friends in my life. 
how was it for you growing up? Did you ever see yourself being a mother? I definitely saw myself being a mother. Um, I used to babysit all the time. I had a younger brother that would follow me everywhere. So we would like play school, you know, do all those things. Um, I definitely feel like I always had this maternal side of me. Um, when I got to college and when I really started working and, you know, exploring entrepreneurship, I got into these places and these atmospheres where I was surrounded by these boss women who had crazy successful careers. Their resumes were stacked. Um, they're banking these businesses. They're these boss women. And, and I really aspired that level of success. But mm -hmm. something that I noticed was that they were all craving, you know, partnership and intimacy and mm. family and relationships. And the majority of them didn't have that. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see the behind the scenes of the success. You know what I mean? I, I was working behind the scenes. I was assisting women. I was a part of the team. I was, you know, uh, a manager on teams. And I could see the success, but then I could also see deep down that this person wasn't fully happy. And it really was taking a toll on me towards the end of my time in Los Angeles. And ultimately, you know, I decided to move to Atlanta. One, it's closer to my family. Right. But at the time, my obviously my boyfriend... <laughs> Obviously, I'm a boyfriend. <laughs> he helped me get to this position of motherhood. But at the time, we were long distance. And we're both very like-minded in the ambition and go-getter and, you know, launch these businesses. Like, we both strive in that environment together, in the creative environment together. Um, but we had been long distance for about a year at that point. And I was like, my, my career, my success is important to me, but mm -hmm. maintaining my relationships is also mm. important to me. Mm -hmm. And it comes a point in time where as women, you make certain sacrifices, mm -hmm. you know, to, to really attain the life that you desire. And, and I, I didn't intentionally move to Atlanta to become a mother, but nurturing my relationships was a huge part of why I wanted to be a little bit closer to home mm -hmm. and not necessarily be stranded in LA doing the cool marketing girl thing, making this money just to pay rent. When I was lonely, I was missing my people. I was missing uh, my family and the people that I love. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. I, I definitely have always seen myself um, becoming a mother. I didn't know it would be this point in my life, mm. but um, yeah, that was something that I, that I took note of and I made a conscious decision to nurture relationships and the romantic one was definitely a huge part of that. That's important. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to that. So how was your pregnancy? Um, so I found out, I remember January, 2020 and it's like new year, 2020, you know, we're so excited and I was pregnant, but then March is really when that pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had found out I was pregnant maybe October. So towards the end of 2019, um, very optimistic, you know, immediate love and support from both sides of both of our families. And we're not married. So we were, you know, going to navigate those conversations mm -hmm. when they came up, but immediately everyone was just showering us with love and encouragement and support and joy, which was really amazing. Um, but 
you know, when we come up to New Year and it's 2020, my pregnancy, I'm thinking of a baby shower. I'm thinking of a baby moon. Mm. I'm thinking of these maternity fits and trying to be this mom blogger, you know, get my content and everything. Um, And then when I realized the pandemic was very real when it hit home was when I had to cancel baby showers and it's such a like i don't want it to come across as like such a oh she was just you know she really wanted to have a baby shower she was sad but it's like i've been i was pregnant in atlanta and all of my childhood friends and my family were in ohio Mm. and the ohio baby shower was going to be a time to reconnect with people and really have you know just just love be full of love be surrounded by family and friends and have them be a part of this experience um before baby girl got here so canceling baby showers i think really sat with me that's when i realized that this pandemic is real yeah we can't be around people and i have to sit in the house and find a way to cope i think the most the the most challenging part about pregnancy for me was being able to find new ways to manage my stress Mm -hmm. with quarantine and being at home. So it's like, I was so accustomed to having a few glasses of wine Mm -hmm. every night and, you know, hanging out with my homegirls and just like getting away and coping with stress. And I really had to find new coping mechanisms. And for me, that was prenatal yoga. And I just dove into it every day. And um, the breathing techniques definitely really helped me through my labor process. But if it wasn't for yoga during my pregnancy, I probably would have... I don't know, took the kitchen knife and stabbed mm. somebody. I don't know what would have happened mm-hmm. because I was mm-hmm. stressed. I was balancing, um, you know, managing clients and being a, a contractor and helping people reach all these marketing goals. And it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. But um, yoga, my doula, my therapist, and my partner, my boyfriend, were definitely like the um top-notch dream team support team and they really all in their own ways helped me cope with different things so the important things that you said because you just like dropped so many gems it wasn't (laughs) about you know the gifts of a baby shower it was about being surrounded by family and friends because relationships are so important to you and having to cancel that was the aha moment of oh shit, this is real. This is happening. Yeah. And then recognizing how that was going to affect you mentally, physically, spiritually. And so you got all of your supports lined up with a doula therapist and your partner so that you could be in the mental space to cope. Because I say this to everybody, for any 2021, 2020 mom, like MVPs, because these are unprecedented times to be pregnant, giving birth, and being a parent, it is just like unlike no other and just being able to like navigate it the best you can. And you did, you did it. Like you you created some awesome supports for yourself and like was able to be proactive and see that ahead of time. That was definitely the most important thing to me. I think very shortly after pregnancy test was positive, go to the doctor, double check that it's really positive. Um, It was doula um, for the support. And it's interesting because I 
I definitely did my research during that time as to how a doula supports you during mm-hmm. pregnancy. And that was kind of like my first experience learning about it. I've heard of the, you know, the, the, the actual doula practices um, through living in LA, we did some work with a doula who started, you know, her own facility to really help women during pregnancy. But I wasn't fully familiar, you know, with the concept and what that would look like working as a doula. But I knew that I wanted that energy around me. And then I knew that I needed to tap back into therapy and therapy wasn't a foreign concept to me. I had gone previously um, for a short stint during my transition to LA, but I knew that I wanted to be able to have a safe space to really talk through my feelings and my emotions of the transition that was about to take place. And I was confident that I could talk to my boyfriend about it, but I also, you know, I did so much reading and I also understood that he was going to have his own transition Mm -hmm. and he was going to have his own evolution into becoming a father. Mm -hmm. And I wanted us to be able to experience that as individuals and then, you know, collectively and have those conversations. But um, it was really important to me to tap into my therapist um, and just start building that relationship with her before, you know, baby came and I'm questioning everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So then how was labor and delivery for you? Um, so I wanted, I wanted the most natural, like if I could have, I would have had a home birth, Mm -hmm. but different things like cost and insurance Mm -hmm. were issues in that. Um, so I wanted to be sure that I was, you know, having the most natural experiences possible. And, That's for a lot of reasons. I did, you know, research on just the way that babies are affected if, you know, certain drugs happen and the ways that our body's affected if certain things happen. And I was just like, I just want to be like, the thing that kept sticking in my mind was that women do this every day. Mm -hmm. Women were literally designed to birth children. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like no one has ever done this before. My body was the first to experience this process. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to be present and to have a natural experience. Um, So those are the things that I prepared for. Those are the things that I wrote out in my birthing plan, um, the different scenarios that I talked to my doula about and the ways that she was going to help support me in those decision-making moments that popped up. So, um, thankfully, um, we definitely did have a fully natural birth and my breathing techniques that I had been practicing through my prenatal yoga really helped me. That's like instantly where I went to Mm -hmm. and Marcus and I, my boyfriend and I, um, had talked about and wrote down different affirmations Mm. that were just going to um, support me and uplift me and keep me focused. And I'm such an affirmations person. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. My love language is words of affirmations. And he knows that because I have had, you know, (laughs) in the beginning of the relationship, you're like, speak to me my love language. (laughs) So words of affirmations are huge for us. I have affirmations on the mirror and everything. So I knew that I really wanted to take that into the labor process. So through when contractions really started heating up, and my doula said, girl, I don't know. She was like, you're definitely having your next baby at home. Because Mm. when we got to the hospital, I was 
essentially eight centimeters dilated and the whole um we got to the hospital maybe like 5 p.m on wednesday so from midnight tuesday i was essentially in early labor and i'm in the bedroom and i'm just breathing and i'm up and i'm getting in the shower and i'm like okay it's coming it's coming soon we have this app on our phone marcus had this app on his phone that like timed the contractions and he's timing them and hitting the buttons and then all of a sudden the screen popped up red and it's like it's time to go to the hospital and it was two o'clock in the morning and i just looked at him and we just started laughing and i was like is this (laughs) you're preparing for a moment for literally nine months and due date comes and passes and you're like where is this baby Mm -hmm. and then it's time it was crazy uh so he took a second and he called doula and she's sleeping but she's like is everything okay and you know we tell her what's happening um and then everything calmed down so she was like you know you try another shower try to lay back down try to rest and I did and things calmed down throughout that next morning I had some more but they weren't you know as close together um but we actually moved the day that we went to the hospital so I am in the bedroom um breathing and I had some soup and I'm doing my thing and I'm just trying to stay calm and my family's down from Ohio and his friend came over and in every other room of our apartment everyone is packing up our stuff organizing our stuff cleaning things transferring them over to our new apartment while I'm just in the bedroom like going through contractions and that day in the morning, the day that I'm contracting in the bedroom, I actually got my welcome email into the yoga teacher training oh, program. Wow. So I'm like, ooh, contraction. Okay, yoga. And I'm like <laughs> reading my manual, <laughs> looking through it. Around three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, I was like, I can't handle it anymore. Like, I really think that this something is happening very, very soon. So at, at five o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, we ended up, it was July 1st, going over to the hospital. And they said I was already eight centimeters dilated. And she said that. And I was like, okay, bet. Let's get this baby <laughs> out of here. Like, I'm ready to go. Put my music on. Get my essential oils flowing. Like, we're going to do this thing. Um, it took perspective, but at four o'clock in the morning on Thursday morning. So I basically like labored through the whole night and I took like 10 hot showers Mm. um, in all types of positions around the room. I got the bouncing ball and peanut ball and all these things. I'm like, let's just get this baby out. But breathing affirmations, all of that definitely helped me stay focused. I mean, the pushing part is the worst part. I'm like, I'm this it was a lot. Mm, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was is a, a lot. lot. <laughs> when I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's just, it's like, it's so amazing. And then I, you know, look at my body now, and I'm, I always, I'm always sitting here randomly in my phone, like scrolling through the old pictures mm. and like, you know, reflecting on the moments. I'm like, women's bodies are just so phenomenal. The things that we do, just women in general, yeah. we really are amazing. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. That is so true. And that I love how you like implemented a lot of things that you like in general, like with the affirmations or with your essential oils, just to kind of get you grounded, helping you stay focused because 
at any moment, you know, sometimes the pain could just like overtake someone or even just like the waiting game of it all, you know, when they're going to appear, how they're going to appear, just all of that. So that's good that you kind of like kept your head in the game. And then you have these two great support people to help you stick to your birth plan and how you wanted your experience to be. So that's phenomenal. And after you had your daughter, what was your postpartum experience like? What was it like once you guys got home? I think that there were, there were a lot of things that I wish, obviously, I'm sure we all do wish we better prepared for. Mm. Um, I'm like, man, I had all this time when I was pregnant that I could have been doing this and planning this and preparing mm. this. But it's like, you have no idea what to expect. You have no idea, you know, what that's actually going to feel like to become a mother. Um, I read, I was, I wanted to be very intentional with reading positive stories Mm -hmm. and then reading those positive, you know, meals to make sure that you had some type of support system inside of the home. So my mother, um, she actually stayed, I think it ended up being about four weeks and I was like, I just hope that Marcus, you know, takes a deep breath and he's fine with my mom being here. <laughs> but on day three, Marcus was like, he looked over at me. He's like, your mom is welcome here anytime, oh. forever, whenever, like any, my mom was amazing. And I mean, it's completely, me becoming a mother has completely change my mom and I's relationship for the better. It's Mm. just so beautiful that we have this bond to connect with now. But she came and I mean, like, it was almost like everywhere I went, she was just right behind me cleaning up everything with like a magic eraser Mm. and preparing food and handling the baby. It was just, it was so, so helpful. Um, Experience with her being here for the first month. Um, but it's a lot like adjusting to your body. I feel like that was, you know, that was one thing like needing help to do things that were normal once before mm-hmm. and kind of letting my body heal. Um, I was really tired of course. Um, so sleeping, I just wanted to sleep, but honestly, when we first got home from the hospital, I felt like I was just on cloud nine. Mm. I felt like I had a very positive, um, birth experience and it went, almost exactly how I I manifested and envisioned and dreamed of it going. And I just wanted to talk to all my pregnant friends and like encourage them. Like you can do this. You can do this. Like think positive, read positive stories, Mm. create your affirmations. Like you are capable of doing this and you're going to feel so amazing afterwards. Um, So I was very happy. It was like a very delusional, sleepy, Mm. happy, dreamland type of energy that I was on. Um, But my mom being here was so helpful. And then um, Marx's mother came short afterward, a week or so, of Amaya being home, which was great. I think the most challenging part is, like, preparing her for her first doctor's appointment Mm. and getting like the social security card mm. and the birth certificate and all to pick up the phone and to answer these questions right now. <laughs> I've been on hold. I don't understand why you guys are doing this. <laughs> like at one point I just started crying because I had to call four different numbers to talk to one person. I was like, it's just so cold. <laughs> mom was like, okay, 
Let's take a break. Let's try it again in a couple of hours. It's okay. Everything's fine. Right. It was that's when it's like the responsibility kicks in and you're like, okay, I need to make sure that all these other people that she needs to see and you know, we need you to have our information. Like I need this to go the way that it's supposed to go. And that was just, that was kind of a lot for me to grasp. But now I'm like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. Mm, Just the logistical stuff. That's, yeah, that's awesome. So then to circle back around to when you were talking about your career and like being in the world that you work in and seeing how other women handle um, their own uh, womanhood, motherhood, and then you being someone who is so ambitious how have you found that balance of like being a very present mother, but then still having all of these dreams and aspirations and being able to pour into both of them? Honestly, I'm writing a book ah! about that exact concept <laughs> because I feel like it's such a journey and it's something that I, it's, you know, it's on my mind every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I chose to be an entrepreneur so that I could establish financial freedom and eventually generational wealth and future family is now, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, it's like I said, when we first hopped on the call day by day, I used to be this planner, this, this year is mine. I'm doing this first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. And I've recently started to be able to look, you know, zoom out and look a little bigger picture like that again, as far as quarterly goals go. Um, But I mostly try to just accomplish small things Mm -hmm. every single day that make me feel successful. Mm -hmm. And I've had to completely redefine my definition of success and realize that now it's less about what client I'm attaining and, you know, who's looking at my LinkedIn profile. I'm fulfilled in the day. Mm-hmm. And now that my responsibilities have expanded to, you know, keeping a small human healthy and mm. together and everything, um, it's even more important to me to prioritize taking care of myself. And self-care mm. is such a trendy word and mm. such a trendy concept. But the reality is, you sitting 10 minutes in silence is self-care like you making sure that you do something that you are the main person that benefits from that activity that is Mm self-care and being a being a girlfriend being a marketing consultant and having clients being a mother i spend majority of my day serving other people Mm -hmm. and that's the reality of life but a successful day to me now looks like waking up early sitting in silence doing a yoga flow just writing in my journal and just you know future journaling and and envisioning a future life that I want to have just giving myself space to dream and then being outside in nature like I told Marcus I was like these are the three things that I, I, I would love for you to help me make sure that I do every day, like after we come home with the baby to kind of push me out of if, if I, I think I spoke it to him. If I 
show signs of having, you know, postpartum depression. And I feel, and I seem to be, you know, depressed and sad and emotional. I want you to just help me remember to do three things, go outside in nature, mm. write in my journal and call one of my best friends. Mm. And you, you know who my best friends are. Just ask me, did I talk to so-and-so this week? Did I talk to somebody, you know, just make sure that I do those three things mm-hmm. because I knew myself. If I were doing those three things, I could see some type of light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. No matter what I would be upset about, you know, um, postpartum depression is a, a really real concept. And some people have been asking me to, you know, on my journey of becoming a mom, they're like, do you feel like you experienced postpartum depression? I'm like, yeah. Like, it's not, it's not uncommon for mothers mm-hmm. to experience that. Right. Sometimes things like that still happen to this day. Yeah. What else do you want to know about yeah. it? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I think that to an extent, after the year that we've all been through, mm-hmm. everyone has experienced some form of depression, not to speak that over people, but it's like, it's a real thing. Emotions mm-hmm. are fluid and up and down. And sometimes they're hard to understand and hard for us to control. Mm-hmm. But I think that the important aspect is, I feel like I just hopped on my soapbox here for a second. I had an Oprah moment. But Go I'm ahead. Like, it's, it's okay if you're depressed. It's okay if you're sad. Feel it. Don't be, don't, don't try to not feel it. Don't try to not talk about it. Feel it. And sometimes we don't have words to express it. Mm-hmm. I, I have told Marcus so many times during this, nine month period of, you know, being parents, I'm like, I don't know how to explain to you in words what I'm feeling, but I need to be alone for a second. Mm. And I need to not have to explain myself right now. I, I know I'm sad. I know I'm crying in a corner, but just let me be. Yeah. And then give me a watch something funny. Yeah. Or, or romantic or funny, you know, Mm. whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I just needed to be because I didn't have words to explain what it was. But I knew that putting myself, now I know that putting myself first or prioritizing myself at some point of the day is the way that I'm going to feel more balanced, feel more whole, and feel more present. And I recently wrote, I think I shared it in like a caption on Instagram, but I said, um, Taking care of me is taking care of my baby. Yeah. Because when I take care of me, I'm able to take care of her yep. more consciously and more presently. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like, no, I it's agree. It's a learning process. Yeah. It is a learning process. And, like, as you said, self-care can be so trendy, but at the same time, it's so pivotal and it's so important that we can communicate our needs, even if we can't fully articulate it or pinpoint what it is. But just being able to create a space for ourselves to be grounded, to refresh, to regroup, to get some clarity and have a better mindset. Um, I think all of that is is great. And it's also good that you have a partner that allows you um, or not necessarily like allow you, but supports you in you being able to do that. And then mm-hmm. um, another question I wanted to ask, how do you feel like your daughter has changed you? Or what do you feel like, do you feel like you've grown or do you feel like you you look at the world differently now that you've become a mother? Absolutely. I mean, day one. And I think that's something that I'm still trying to understand. It's almost like reintroducing me to myself. Mm. 
And the way that I spoke to my therapist about it was like, it's, it's like a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning that was overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, who am I? How do I define myself? What am I going to do with my future? How do I set this child up for success? And it was overwhelming in the beginning, but it's like, to, to put a positive spin on the concept, it is like a blank canvas. Like I literally get to redefine, feel the mother. And I think for so long, I was focused on defining teal, the successful, mm. career-driven, ambitious, marketing maven who, you know, travels across the country and just lives out her dreams. And that still is a part of who I am, but now... I'm just focused on the fulfillment aspect of it. The, what am I creating and what am I doing that will shape how this young person, how this young woman mm -hmm. enters into the world? Because mm -hmm. every single detail of my actions in my life, that's going to affect her. Right. You know? And I've definitely become so much more aware of that concept. Um, and to get into the details... Amaya coming of, you know, an age to where she's trying to eat solid foods and she's, you know, she's going to be one in July. It's like, okay, everyone's advice is, yeah, just feed her what you're eating. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what are we eating? What's in our fridge? Why are we eating this? Right, right. <laughs> Let's get more fruits and vegetables from the grocery store. Like, that's all cool, you know, feed her what we're eating, but let's make sure that we're eating stuff that we really should be eating. So um, definitely becoming so much more health conscious in um, just like a healthy living lifestyle. We've both started to work out again um, and together, and that's just fun. Like we're moving our bodies. I'm taking her to the to my apartment complex gym and in the stroller. She's chilling in the corner watching the little cartoons with her bottle, and I'm working out. Um, I just I I've definitely become so much more aware of the life that I'm living, and not to say anything was you know terrible before this, but it's it's a difference with you know doing what you can do just to keep up and maintain, and the difference of living intentionally and making intentionally healthy choices. Right. So eating, I think also like making this apartment and this space more of a home. Mm. We definitely have this rush of like, let's get new curtains. Let's get a new rug. You know, let's mm. just like really make this space a home. And um, Amaya definitely has influenced that just in, you know, how I want her to experience mm, home, you right. know, in that, in that area. Um, and then this, this is actually a more recent conversation. We're both um, spiritual people and um, grew up, you know, Christian backgrounds and in the church and everything, but with pandemic kind of shaping the way that we, you know, go out into the world, we've tuned into different podcasts to get messages and you know, encouraging messages and stuff. But I'm like, you know, something that I want us to be intentional about is every, so we have like shifts in the house and he does the morning shift and I do the night shift. So I give her a bath and put her to bed and read her a book and everything. And he'll come in and like, just say good night and give her a kiss. 
um, I put her to bed and I'm like, when you do that, let's extend that time a little longer and let's just do like an evening prayer together Mm. and prioritizing our spiritual connection with each other, but also um, getting into the habit of doing that with her as Mm -hmm. well, so that that becomes part of just, you know, our family routine and rituals. So those are some details of things that I I definitely focused on since becoming a mom. That's awesome. Um, My last question (laughs) is specifically about giving birth during a pandemic. A lot of mm-hmm. women have felt like they wanted to or they envisioned a certain type of birth plan and can feel like it won't come into fruition because of the barriers with the pandemic of, you know, people who can come or whatever the hospital rules may be. And of course, like some restrictions have come down, you know, since vaccinations are rolling out and there looks to be somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel, maybe, maybe not. But, um, you know, the anxiety can can show up for for any first time mother. What advice would you give them so that they don't feel discouraged, that they won't have the experience they always wanted to have, being that you've gone through it yourself? Um, So I would definitely say to ask as many questions and make as many phone calls and get the facts and the details about every situation. I ended up switching, um, my, my healthcare provider, like the doctor's office that I was going to about maybe three weeks before my due date. Mm. Um, because where I was at first, they were not going to allow my doula with me in the hospital. And, you know, up until those, those three weeks, I knew, I still knew that information, but I was, you know, okay, maybe we can FaceTime her. But when we got closer to the due date, I realized how important it was going to be for me to have her and Marcus in the room, Mm -hmm. especially if my mother was not able to be in the room. Yeah. So at the new healthcare provider that I switched to, um, in the new hospital that I was going to go into labor at, they considered doulas to be part of the healthcare team and they allowed her in the room with me. And, um, that was a very last minute decision. And if I would have talked to too many more people about it, they would have, you know, maybe discouraged me from doing that. You don't know what's going to happen. It might take too long with the paperwork and then you that, but I wanted to, I made the phone calls and I asked all of the questions because I wanted to make sure that I knew all the facts and the information versus being, you know, overwhelmed by the talk of everyone else around me. Because as soon as you get pregnant, advice is going to come from everybody and their grandmas, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's important to filter out, filter out, you know, the need to know information and the, you know what, I actually don't need to know your story or I actually am not asking you for advice. I'm going to seek facts and, and ask the questions that I need to know the answers to, um, to the people in those positions. I say, um, and making that last minute switch was a game changer for me. I could not imagine doing labor, um, going into labor without my doula that I've been, you know, forming this relationship 
with mm-hmm. for the past six months or so um, without her being present in the room. So that was really important to me. It gave me a lot of anxiety to do it. But after all of the things were done and the paperwork was transferred, um, it ended up creating the environment that I really wanted mm. and the environment that I had been dreaming about. You know, so I would definitely say um, to women to, I mean, the first step is to envision how you want your labor and delivery experience to go versus listening to all these stories and playing on YouTube for hours, which I know they're already going to do because I did it. (laughs) Um, But envision your experience and your body and you and your baby and how that's going to go. And then ask the questions, call the doctors, call um, the nurses, call just call, yeah. call everybody, ask all the questions that you need to ask. And if you need to switch doctors, if you need to switch hospitals, you can do that at any time. Mm. At that Probably is... not on your due date, but you right, know. right, right. Which is so <laughs> valuable. Like basically like do your research and, and get the information yeah. as factual as possible versus hearing yeah. other people's opinions. And that's so, so, so important because sometimes like we can just do that like just naturally. Like, oh, I shouldn't bother. It's last minute. They're probably not going to be able to do it anyway. And and you find out that really it can and it can work out in your favor. And just not getting discouraged by any of that. That's valuable advice. So knowing that you are a woman who does great work and now, you know, you have this yoga certification, where can people find you who want to look you up and, and also anticipate this book to drop whenever you get it finished? Where can people look you up and follow along? Yes, people can find me on Instagram at Teal, T-Y-E-A-L, um, and then on my website, Made in Teal. So like Made in China, but Made in Teal, T-Y-E-A-L, madeinteal.com. Awesome. And I love I love the spelling of your name and I love your name. Like it's a very Thank beautiful you. name. <laughs> Thank you so much. My mom said that it was a popular color when she had me. Hmm. And then my grandma just wanted it to be unique. So she said put a Y in there. Hmm. And I was like, okay, well that story works for me. My brand <laughs> colors are already worked out. You know, we didn't yeah. have to think too hard about that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Teal. I'm so, so appreciative of you. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful.